want to ask you to stand today just for a moment. I want to read a passage of scripture into your hearing the New Testament record, Gospel of St. Mark, St. Mark chapter 8, beginning with verse 21, and I would like to read through verse 25. That's the New Testament record, Gospel of St. Mark, verses 21 through 25. Thank you so much to our music ministry Amen. and a wonderful contribution to the worship experience. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? And he cometh to Bethsaida, they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. I want to talk with you for a few moments on this thought. You just need another touch. Thank you for standing and be seated. That's, that's uh, will y'all help me preach it today? Turn to somebody and tell them, it is as bad as it looks. Uh, but I just need another touch. That's all. I just need another touch. If you were to visit the downtown area of a metropolis city, you would no doubt inevitably see a large number of pigeons. Perhaps you've noticed that pigeons have a very unusual walk. Their head literally bobbles every step that they take. A study was done in Canada some years ago by some Canadian scientists involving pigeons and their unusual walking posture. It was discovered that although pigeons' heads would bob every step they would make while walking out in the open, yet when they were placed on a treadmill and they would have the pigeons walk on the treadmill, they discovered their heads would not move at all. Now, I really could go ahead and give the benediction right there. You can catch it in a minute. Let me say it again. When you see a pigeon walking, every step it takes, the head moves. But when the pigeons were put on a treadmill and began walking on the treadmill, their head stayed completely still. The results of the experiment revealed that the pigeon's head bobs forward and back every step it takes when it's out in the open is because it has to literally refocus every step as it moves forward. 
the pigeon's head doesn't move at all on the treadmill while it's walking because although its feet are moving, it's not going anywhere. Whether you realize it or not, you and I are like that pigeon in our spiritual walk. We're just like pigeons. If we're going anywhere, it's necessarily it's necessary for us to constantly refocus. I, I truly believe that's one of the things the Texas tailored to teach us today. And uh, listen, although you might have the vision of where you would like to go, uh, sometimes the Lord still requires a process for us to go through in order to obtain the progress that we desire. And know this, just because you have to go through a process, that does not necessarily mean there's anything defective with your devotion. But sometimes you can miss out on the fulfillment of the progress when you try to forego the process. Now, in Mark's gospel, we find that the process sometimes is really the miracle itself. That ought to be encouraging for somebody. I, I said in the Gospel of Mark, uh, we find that the process sometimes is the miracle itself. That ought to be encouraging to someone in addition to myself because perhaps you too feel like you've been in the process for a long time and you haven't seen any progress. Uh, but but this ought to be encouraging today because it reveals that if you're already in the process, it means you are already in the Lord's plan for supernatural change in your life. <laughs> I wish you'd help me a little while today. I'll be out of your way in a minute. And that in turn also suggests uh, those who like people to think they have halos over their head. Wings on their back and they are so spiritual all the time. Uh, it, it reminds us that no matter how spiritual you think you are, you still need to take your medication. I had an eye procedure uh, some time ago. Uh, matter of fact, I have another one. And um, uh, to relieve optical pressure, you know, if you don't get your eyes checked, with that pressure, it can lead to glaucoma and all that stuff. And so I had my uh, procedure done not long ago. And uh, following uh, Wednesday uh, at WOW, uh, Minister Bailey prayed for me. If you haven't heard Minister Bailey uh, here at our church pray, you are here. She prayed for me, and I claimed everything she prayed. And uh, you know what I did after she got through praying? Yeah, I took my prescription and went to the pharmacy <laughs> and picked up all my medicine. Because we see in the text, God is not limited to how he can heal you. And let me drop this up. Maybe most folk would be healed if they took the medicine that's already been prescribed. That just may be part of the Lord's process. I'm going to preach anyhow. You don't have to help me. Now, whenever you read, preach, teach, study the gospel of Mark, understand that Mark writes what Peter preached. All right, okay. And Peter preached and Mark wrote to encourage early Christians in Rome who were facing much opposition and much oppression. Yeah. Yeah. And now Mark is writing to counteract 
uh, dangerous distortions of the gospel message that was infiltrating the church. Uh, some people so focused on Jesus' deity and uh, his glorious resurrection, they began to ignore his humanity and his suffering. Kind of like white ring evangelicals in the nation today. And as a result, they expected to be spared suffering in this life. And so uh, Peter preached and Mark wrote uh, to present Jesus not merely as the son of God, but Jesus as the son of man. All right. And so Mark shows Jesus throughout the gospel constantly running into opposition. We studied it in a while, the whole book of Mark, not long ago. Uh, Mark presents Jesus just constantly, one scene after the other, just constantly running into opposition, having to confront problems and issues. Listen, uh, not only from without his circle, but even from within his circle. And then always notice the speed and temple of Mark. It's so interesting to me. Whenever you read the Gospel of Mark, Mark always employs uh, the words immediately and or straightway. Uh, Mark likes to, to emphasize that. He likes to say, and it happened immediately. You're not getting it. Okay. Uh, Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 16 through 18. Uh, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees some fellas fishing. He tells them, listen, come after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. The Bible says they forsook their nets. And then Mark says, and followed him immediately. Okay, Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 31. Jesus goes to Peter's house. And uh, Peter's mother-in-law is there. And the Bible says she's laying sick of it, but she got terrible fever. Can't get over it. But the Bible says Jesus took her by the hand. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says the fever left her immediately. Okay, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 44. I'm just going to keep giving it to you until you catch on. A man with leprosy comes to Jesus. Jesus touches the man with leprosy, terrible skin condition. And Jesus says, I will be thou clean. And the Bible says the leprosy departed from the man and he was cleansed immediately. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. There's a man with palsy. His friends trying to get him to Jesus, but the house where Jesus is, there's so many people there, they can't get through the door. They end up going up on the man's roof of another man's house. They open the roof to lay the man down in front of Jesus. Jesus sees all that's going on and pronounces the man's sins be forgiven. And then he said, arise and take up your bed and go thy way. The Bible says the man arose and took up his bed immediately. Mark chapter 5, verse 22 through 29, there's a woman who had an issue of blood 12 long years. Been bleeding 12 years, but she presses her way through the crowd. Jesus is passing by, and when she presses her way through the crowd, uh, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible says the fountain of her blood dried up. Uh, Not in 12 easy steps, it dried up immediately. Okay, Mark chapter 5, 38 through 40, a man named Jairus. Jairus had a daughter at the point of death. When Jesus finally gets to the man's house, the daughter is already dead. 
But Jesus speaks to the dead daughter and says, Damn so I say unto thee, Arise. Yeah. The Bible says she arose and started walking immediately. Yes, yes. Mark chapter 7. You don't catch it in a minute. I guess I just go through the whole book. Mark chapter 7, uh, verse 31 through 36. There's a deaf man. Uh, he has a speech impediment. He's brought to Jesus. Jesus touches him. And the Bible says his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plain immediately. Yes. All right. But now here in chapter 8, we have an account that did not happen immediately. Oh, my. Oh, my. My, my. <laughs> Everything happens immediately except chapter 8. Oh. That, that, that's a word for somebody right there. Because you need to know, you see everybody else being blessed and they got their breakthrough testimony. But you need to know your breakthrough may not be like everybody else's testimony. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes God makes special orders. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And here in chapter 8, it's a blind man that teaches you and I today that sometimes God does not do it immediately. Sometimes he takes you in steps and stages. Sometimes he takes you to a process, but you still don't get to the progress. Yeah. Matter of fact, there's some of us, I didn't believe any of that could testify this morning. Let truth be told, a whole lot of times, the major things in our life, God did not do for us immediately. Yeah. But we went through steps and stages as part of the process yeah. on the way to our destination. But listen, but we found out that when the Lord has you in the process, guess what? You already making progress. Yeah. You and your miracle in your process. Right. I, I heard somebody say the other day, he's a right now God. And uh, that's all right. But I just believe there's some mature saints in the house this morning who can testify. He always doesn't manifest himself right now. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't just move when you want him to move. That's right. Uh, he's not a genie in a bottle. You just rub him and he gives you three wishes. Right. Uh, he's not some Uber driver waiting on you around the corner. Right. He's not limited to being a right now God. Matter of fact, he may not even come when you want him. Yeah. But I know there's some saints in here who know when he shows up, you sure going to be glad he came. Yeah. And I don't know who this message is for, but I know some of y'all like to wait and shout when you see your progress. But how many of you know you can really shout in your process? Can I go ahead and preach and see the process? We, we, we got enough progress praises. I just wish we had some process praises. Uh, I don't have my healing yet, but I'm in the process. And I'm not going to wait for the healing to come. I'm going to give him praise while I'm in the... It may speed up your healing. Uh, I ain't delivered yet, but I'm in the process. And I'm believing and trusting God to bring it to pass. Uh, don't have everything I want yet, but it's on the way. Yeah. If I can keep the faith in the process. The Bible says in verse 22 of this chapter, uh, Jesus comes to Bethsaida and uh, they brought a blind man to Jesus and besought him to touch him. Notice that the man could not have made it there on his own. They brought him. Uh, which suggests that the deliverance of the man uh, was not merely dependent on the power of Christ, but also the concern of the community. That's right. uh, it's clear these friends had to be of the faith community. And I want to tell somebody here today, it does make a difference being a member of a church like Cornerstone. 
because all of us can use some faithful friends to support us and to get us refocused on the way to our destination. And so the Bible says they brought a blind man to Jesus to touch him. Uh, but now the first thing Jesus did uh, is to take the man away from those who brought him. Bible said they brought the man to Jesus. But then the Bible reveals that the first thing Jesus did is to take them away from those who brought them. <laughs> Bible said Jesus took the man by the hand and led him out of town. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, sometimes you you got to be careful of folk who brought you. I don't know who this message is for. I said sometimes you got to be careful of the folk who brought you. Be grateful they brought you, but some folk who bring you think they can control you. Uh, some people who bring you think they are in control of you. You can arrive to a place in life uh, where you really need to be delivered from the people who brought you there. That's right. Everyone who started at your origination is not intended for your destination. Some people can open the door, but they can't get you on the elevator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks had a wonderful basketball team this past season. A wonderful, matter of fact, best record, I believe, of anybody in the league uh, this past season, certainly in the East, Eastern Conference. And the coach did a wonderful job in the season. But that was all he could do. He couldn't do anything in the playoffs. He could bring them to a certain point, but no further. That's the way it is uh, so often in life, career, relationships, whatever. Even in your spiritual journey. Uh, they brought a blind man to Jesus to touch him, and they had good intentions perhaps. But Jesus has to lead the man away from those who brought him. Now listen, not only does he take him away from those who brought him, uh, but even has to take them out of the city, Bethsaida itself. <laughs> well, what's going on in Bethsaida? Well, in Matthew eleven twenty one, Jesus curses the city, Bethsaida. Uh, he curses Bethsaida for its unrepentance, despite the mighty works that were done there. Now, here's a blind man in a cursed city. Now, uh, to be cursed means to have the absence of light. And so get this. Here's a, here's a man that's blind in a cursed city. You're not getting it. L listen, the reason you're here today is because Jesus pulled you out of a cursed situation. You were too blind to even recognize you were in. You can be blind even to your own curse. And somebody ought to be thanking God right there that he brought you out before it took you out. Yeah. Anybody in here grateful <laughs> the Lord pulled you away from somebody crazy? I mean, you knew them, but you didn't know how crazy they really were. You ain't shouting now. You might still be with. I'm sorry, I got the wrong crowd. I move on. But then notice that pulling this man out of the city meant the man had to walk with the Lord while he still couldn't see. Yeah. 
The Bible said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen, even by the blind man. And so he was brought by the people, but now he has to learn to put his total trust in the Lord and walk with the Lord for himself. Jesus spits on the man's eyes, puts hands on him, and then asks the man, do you see anything? What does the man say? He said, well, I see men as trees walking. Uh, which, number one, lets us know that this man must have had some sight before. Because he at least knew what trees and men looked like at one time. But then it also lets us know that uh, this man really represents the disciples and the church itself. Because sight in the Bible is a metaphor for understanding. So the man had sight because he knew what, what, what looked like trees walking, but he didn't have complete understanding because he couldn't see men as they really were. Right. And so what does Jesus do? The Bible says he touches the man again. And so the second touch wasn't about his sight, it was about his focus. And a whole lot of folk have vision, but they have no focus because it's hard to focus on the right thing when you don't have complete understanding. The Bible says, in all thy getting, you ought to get you some understanding. And when Jesus gives the man a second touch, the Bible says, listen, uh, the man was restored. Is this mic still on? Jesus gives the man a second touch. And the Bible says, the man was restored. Jesus gives this blind man a second touch. And the Bible says the man was restored. You ain't getting it. It doesn't say his sight was restored. It said the man was restored. That meant his sight and his spirit were renewed. Now, uh, how do we know the man represents disciples and even the church? It's because Jesus asked, in verse 22 of the text, uh, how can you see all that you've seen and still not know who I am? <laughs> In verse 18 of this same chapter, they were complaining over the fact uh, uh, that few of them, uh, few of them uh, had no bread. And uh, Jesus says, listen, uh, have you eyes and see not? Have you ears and hear not? Have you a mind and remember not? He said, you just witnessed me feeding 5,000 with a two-piece fish snack. And we had 12 baskets left over. And then you just witnessed me feeding another 4,000 with seven baskets left over. And you all arguing over a sandwich right now. But I'm glad to report that when Jesus gave the man a second touch, the Bible says the man was restored. And because the man is really a picture of not only the disciples, but also of you and I, that whenever we lose our focus, we don't have to stay blind, but God will give us a second touch. Matter of fact, I just believe there's some of us in here who don't mind sharing with you. We really need a second touch. 
And just like the disciples and just like this man who met Jesus, you and I, every now and then, just another touch will make the difference in what we're going through. That's why we show up every Sunday morning, every Wednesday. Well, well, tell me, what did the man see when his sight was restored? He saw Jesus. And I heard somebody saying some time ago, when I see Jesus. Oh, when traveling day's over, when I see Jesus. When I stick my sword down in the sands of time, when I see Jesus. Oh, it'll be a man. But I came by to tell you, when I see Jesus, it ain't going to be a man for me. Uh, when I think about all he's done for me, it ain't going to be amen, Jesus. It's going to be thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me another touch. Thank you for giving me another t- chance. Thank you for giving me sight when I couldn't find my way. Thank you for leaving your home in glory just to bring us redemption story. Thank you that you died, but then thank you that you rose again just for me. I don't know why, but I'm so glad he did. This past Friday, I went uh, to get a bite to eat for lunch, and they had a tele- uh, television on uh, in the restaurant, and uh, it was the Wimbledon tennis tournament, and they had a young sister on there, 15 years old, uh, Corey Coco Golf. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm eating, and she's losing. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, she loses the first set. Yeah. And then she's losing badly the second set. I had to leave, go to my next appointment, and uh, and uh, later that evening, I picked up the paper, saw in the news, yeah, said she had come back. Yes. Come back, and I said, no, it must, that must be some old news. That must have been the, the previous match. I know she couldn't have won that match where she was losing, and I kept on reading, and, and you know it said her mother and father were in the stands. Yeah, yeah. And when she was down one set and losing badly the second set, uh, they shouted out, you can do it. You can do it. And, and, and somehow she must have got a second touch and came back and beat the girl and went on to the next match. In fact, she's going to be playing tomorrow, and I'm believing she's going to do something great tomorrow as well. I stopped by to tell you, I don't know who this message is for, but you may have lost your first set. Yeah. But you got somebody in the stand. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it not, and, and he better than Coco Goss father in the stand. Matter of fact, he's not just in the stand. He'll even get on the court with you. Yes. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Even if you lost your first set, you can still win the match. Yes. Yes. Is there anybody in here who knows all they need? All you need is another touch. Yes. Another touch from the Lord. Yes can change what you're going through. Won't he do it this morning? Anybody in here feel like praising him with me? Uh, I know I'm right about it because one Friday, Jesus looked like he was losing the match. Uh, They hung him high. They stretched him wide. Put him up on an old rugged cross. I heard him say, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. The Bible says they took him off the cross, put him down inside a borrowed tomb. He lost all night Friday, lost all day Saturday, lost all night Saturday night. But anybody know what happened early? Sunday morning, the father reached down and touched him, gave him a second touch, and early Sunday morning, got him up from the dead with all power, heaven and earth in his hands. I'm not going to tell you whatever you're going through. 
You might be down, but you're not out. God can turn your situation around. Won't he do it? Are there any believers? Has anybody lost some sense in your life? But thank God you lost the sense, but God can still give you victory over your next man. Won't he do it? Why don't you tell them thank you? Why don't you give them some glory? Why don't you give them some praise? Hey, he's worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. My God is worthy to be praised. I'm finished, but my soul is happy. I guess y'all ain't lost no sense in this life. Oh, I tell you, keep on living. Keep on living. Circumstances will take place. Stand on your feet all over the building. The doors of the church open. What a wonderful day.